0: Hello, dear friends. Once again, it is time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on our website. Uh, This is our weekly Bible study, and I pray you will gather around the Word of God with us today and that we can glean from the Word information and instructions from God. We're in the middle of a storm right now, and I'm not talking about a hurricane here in Florida or a tornado in the Midwest. I'm talking about the storm of this pandemic. And the storm of all of the unrest and the chaos that is going on in our nation today and around the world, literally, we are certainly in need of a clear Word of Instructions from the Word of God. And we want to talk to you about living in the eye of the storm, not escaping the storm, but continuing this study on living in the eye of the storm. Before we read the scripture in 1 Peter 5, verse 6 and verse 7, uh, I just want to reiterate the reason for this title is that a hurricane here in Florida can come and the winds will be. violent until the eye comes over and there will be a space where there is peace in the midst of the storm before the second part of the storm hits and living in in the eye of the storm for the Christian means that we are experiencing and can experience God's peace in the midst of the storm the storm doesn't have to stop For the peace of God to begin to rule and reign our minds and our hearts. You know, Jesus was asleep on the bow of a ship in the middle of a vital storm with His disciples, a violent storm with His disciples. And they came to Him and they shook Him, shook Him awake, and they said, Master, don't you care that we perish? And He said, Where is your faith and a lot of people interpret that as meaning they should have spoke to the storm but what I believe he was addressing is in the midst of a storm wondering where God's watch carries does God really love us like he said he loved us if he does why is this storm upon us why didn't he keep us from this storm in this case jesus said where is your faith and he walked uh, to the to the uh, to, to to look out over that stormy sea and he said peace be still and the bible said immediately there was a great calm of the sea now i'm going to say this to you today god doesn't always speak to the storm, but he will always speak to the storm the storm has created in your heart and in your mind, in my heart and my mind. That's what Christian peace is all about. And if you've turned to 1 Peter 5, 6 and 7, uh, I want to read you some words. Uh, uh, Shirley Caesar sings a song. I will read you a chorus of it. It's about storms. It said, when the world that I've been living in collapses at my feet, and when my life is all tattered and torn, though I'm windswept, I've been battered, I'm going to cling unto his cross. I'll find peace in the midst of the storm. Is that all right? There is peace, he says, in the midst of the st- storm-tossed life. There's an anchor There's a rock to build my faith upon. Jesus Christ is my vessel, so I fear no alarm. He gives me peace in the midst of the storm. Casting Crowns made a a song popular and so many people related to it way before this pandemic hit because the storms of life have been coming one after another. The longer you live, the more storms you will experience. And I want to read you the words of that song. I'm sure by now God would have reached down and wiped our tears away, stepped in and saved the day. But once again, I say, Amen, that it's still raining and the thunder rolls. I barely hear your whisper through the rain I am with you. And as your mercy falls, I raise my hand in praise the God. Who gives and takes away. And I'll praise you in this storm. I will lift my hands. That you are who you are. No matter where I am. And every tear I've cried. You hold in your hand. You've never left my side. And though my heart is torn. I will praise you. In this storm. Hallelujah. Listen, friend of mine, there is peace in the time of trouble. There is refuge in the midst of the storm. And that's what First Peter 5, 6, and 7 is talking about, that there is a place in the eye of the storm where we can find peace and we can rest in the full assurance that the God who said He would never leave us and never forsake us is right there with us when the storm comes. Amen. It simply says humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time casting all of your care upon him for he careth for you he careth for you. The first thing we notice here, and the reason these two scriptures need to stay linked one with another, is because it doesn't begin by just trusting God to get you through the storm. It doesn't begin by just believing a promise of God in the midst of the storm. This kind of peace comes fundamentally and foundationally by humbling ourself, therefore, Under the mighty hand of God. Again, it doesn't begin by believing God with strong faith. That's how it ends up. It begins by trusting God with deep humility. I want to say this again. This is so important. It doesn't begin initially by believing God with strong faith. That's how it ends. It begins by trusting God with deep humility humility. In 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14 says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. You see, we release our faith in prayer, but we prepare our heart to believe by humbling ourselves. In the Hebrew, that word humble means to be subdued. It means to be under that's why the scripture is clear here. Humble yourself where? Under the mighty hand of God. And the Bible has much to say about this mighty hand of God. In Exodus thirteen three, it says, This is after Israel, God's people had been delivered out of Egypt and saved from slavery. Listen to what it says. Then Moses said unto the people, commemorate this day, the day you came out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, because the Lord brought you out of it with a mighty hand. Hallelujah. And then we skip ahead to Deuteronomy verse chapter 4 verse 32 through 39. Listen, listen to what it says about the mighty hand of God that we are we are to to be under that mighty hand we are to ascribe unto him literally the sovereignty and the authority and the power over every event in our life and every event in the world he is still in control when it seems like everything is out of control listen to Deuteronomy 4:32 through 39 it said ask now about the former days long before your time from the day God created man on the earth, asked from one end of the heavens to the other, has anything so great as this ever happened? Or has anything like it ever been heard of? Has any other people heard the voice of God speaking out of fire as you have and lived? Has any God ever tried to take for Himself one nation out of another nation by testings, by miraculous signs and wonders, by war, by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, or by great and awesome deeds like all the things the Lord your God did for you in Egypt before your very eyes? Verse 35. You were shown these things so that you might know that the Lord is God. Beside Him there is no other. From heaven He made you hear His voice to discipline you. On earth He showed you His great fire, and you heard His words out of the fire. Because He loved your forefathers and chose their descendants after them, He brought you out of Egypt, by his presence and great strength to drive out before you nations greater and stronger than you amen to bring you into the to bring you into their land and to give it to you for an inheritance as it is today acknowledge and take to heart this day that the lord is god in heaven above and on the earth below there is no other You see, humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God is ascribing to Him what Jesus said of Himself. All power, all, not some, not most, not shared with any other, but all power in heaven and earth is given to me. Praise God. And Nehemiah one ten says, They are your servants and your people who you redeemed by your great strength and your mighty hand. Glory be to God. You see, the mighty hand is an expression for God's work, especially his work of saving or redeeming his people. The hand of God speaks figuratively of his determining and controlling the destinies of men. So what Peter is commanding us to do, what is he getting at when he's telling us to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God? As in the passage in Deuteronomy, Peter is commanding us to acknowledge the saving work of God in our lives. He's calling us to properly recognize who is responsible for our salvation. To understand it's God's mighty hand who brought about our rebirth and regeneration? How was Israel delivered from Egypt? Because they were smart enough to know that they should leave. <laughs> Amen. Because they will to leave? <laughs> no. Because they wanted to leave? No. Because they chose to leave? No. For someone in Israel to think any of those thoughts would be the ultimate slap in the face to God, who was solely responsible for their deliverance. They were delivered because God had a chosen people. He had purposed and planned to deliver them and brought about that plan according to His will and purpose and His mighty hand to carry it out. Praise God. What is the ultimate pride before God then? Self-will, self-determination, placing one's will over God's will. One rights over God's rights. One's choice over God's choice. Paul literally writes, humble down and God is going to lift you up. You see, the pride of man is best seen in his determination to live by his own solutions in independence of God. As an illustration, when under persecution, man's tendency is to strike back or in some way take matters into his own hands rather than rest his life under the mighty hand of God. You see, that's why Jesus was the an- antithesis of man's pride. Look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 through 9. It said in verse 6. Who being in the form of God, speaking of Christ, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made of himself no reputation, and took on him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient even unto the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name, which is above every name that is named, of things in heaven, earth, and beneath the earth, and it's all to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Upon him, upon him, no one can cast their cares upon him, until we surrender our wills and our ways. To him, I want to say that again. No one can cast our cares upon him until we fully surrender our wills and our ways unto him. Peace and power come to us when we let go and let God. I hope Pastor Venable is listening to this sermon. I am and I'm hearing it again as I'm ministering this particular teaching to everyone that has come here today. Listen to this this wonderful, wonderful testimony of a, a man who just gives his first name, is bill. He was an alcoholic. He said, a miracle has taken place in my life. My addiction had become so great, I was not able to function in speech or normal physical movements. My body shook constantly and my mind was so twisted, I could not make a simple decision. My marriage had fallen apart I'd lost contact with my children for years I had prayed for God's help to overcome my weakness now I know that he did now I know that he did not answer them I know how he had to let me go through the horrors and nightmares so that I could understand and appreciate what it means to enjoy the love and peace of mind that can be found only by accepting Christ as my Savior. I finally realized I'd fail completely in trying to control my life. I asked God to take over my life. Life today is great, and I'm at peace with myself. My family and friends love me, and I even love myself. Now, this is not the self-love that... That, that, that brings us into pride and self-sufficiency and self-exaltation. This is finding peace between ourself and God and peace between, in who we have become now that Christ has come to live within. He said, when I get upset, I remember to let go and let God take over. Faith in God will bring miracles. Your friend, Bill. You see, it's that surrender. To our, our, to our Lord and Savior. People want salvation without His Lordship. People want God's peace without His reign in our heart and in our mind. And it doesn't work that way. You know the reason I can cast my cares on the Lord today, the whole of my anxiety, is because I know that He is in control I know He loves me. I know He has a will and purpose for my life. And I know. And this is that knowledge. This is that knowledge. Romans 8, 30 and 31. It said, For we know, we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose hallelujah everything the good the bad the ugly and all in between god is able to weave all of that into the fabric of his will and purpose for our life and bring good for us and glory to him now it doesn't get any he's blessed and we're blessed i mean it doesn't get it doesn't get better than that if it's if he does something for our good that brings him glory in doing it you see romans romans chapter 8 and verse 29 says 28 says that all things we know that all things work together for good to them that love him and are the called according to his purpose and then verse 29 says for whom he did foreknow He did predestine to be conformed into the image of His Son. And that's why it said, let this mind be in you. This mindset, which was also in Christ the Lord, who made of Himself no reputation, amen, and humbled Himself, humbled Himself, and was obedient even unto the death of the cross. It's that humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Amen. That's when prayer it explodes and answers just come. Hallelujah. Amen. This is the confidence we have in Him. The Scripture said, If we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hears us, we know that we have the petitions. That we've desired of Him. It would, you see the logic of this. If God wills something and we pray according to His will, we know He's going to do it. He's willed it before we even prayed it. And when we discover His will by what? Surrendering to His will. How do you do that, Pastor? I'm glad that you ask. Praise God. Listen. In the pattern prayer. Lord teach us to pray. Here's part of the pattern. Our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy. See before asking him for anything. We. B- humble ourself. Under his mighty hand. Our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom. Come. Thy Now listen, before you think about the coming rule and reign of Christ here upon the earth, this is about initially the coming of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of Christ to rule and reign in your heart and mine. It's about the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We We bow literally before we believe. We bow first and then we believe. We don't put faith out there to get what we think is best, what we feel uh, would bring glory to God. We, we put our faith, we put our faith in, in, in concert with a surrendered will. That's why Jesus said, not my will but thine be done. That's what humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God. You may be praying for a loved one. That loved one may be going through something very bad and it may take that to bring that person to God like it did Bill here. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Trust God with your loved one. Give your loved one literally to the Lord. You know, if you go out and you're trying to save someone that is drowning, you better know how to swim and you better be good at it. Because if you don't, not only are they going to drown, but you're going to drown too. And sometimes we're, we're just trying to, to go out and in ourself get someone out of their trouble because we're deeply concerned. We're worried about them. Give them to God and let God take them through whatever it takes to bring them out of the prison house that they're in and to get them secured for heaven. Just let God be the God that He is. Trust the person you love the most with the person who loves them more, and that is God who loved enough to give His only begotten Son that whosoever would believe on him would not perish, but have eternal life. You see this surrendering to his will. I've, I've even heard it said, uh, you know, not to even pray if it be thy will. Well, you don't have to pray if it be thy will if you see it clearly in the word of God. But everything is not clearly brought forward in the word of God there are some things that we do not fully understand. Sometimes we don't know how to pray as we ought, but we know the posture we're to be in when we pray, and that is under the mighty hand of God. Hallelujah. It is so good to give my family, to give my life, to give the ministry God has, has granted to me to give that to God and to say, Lord, it's all in your hands. I, I, sometimes I hold my hands out with nothing in it representing everything I am and everything I have and I, I hold them up. I wish you would do that right now. If you want to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, so that you can give Him everything that that concerning your life and experience the peace that He has made a provision for you and to have, just cup your hands together. Yeah, you you may have seen this. I've got a I've got something for water for the little birds that come on my porch, and it's two hands that are cupped full of water for them to come and drink. And I cut my hands like that and I hold them up to the Lord and I say, Lord, everything that I am, everything that I have, everything that I cherish, everything that I love, everything that is so important to me, it's so important and I love them so much, I dare not try to hold them in my hands, but I lift them up and place them in your hands. Because your hand is a mighty hand. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Listen, dear friend, if we submit to His will, surrender to His sovereignty, and then rest assured, God is going to see to it. God is going to work it out. And then we can claim verse 7 of 1 Peter 5, casting all of your care upon Him. For He careth for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. I don't know. We're trying to get a lot in. And there's a lot to chew here. Maybe before you swallow. But stay with us in this Bible study. Remember, if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hears us, we know that we have the petition that we've desired of Him. Glory be to God. I want you to look with me at some storm tossed people and what they did in Psalm 107, verse 23 through 30. It said, They that go down to the sea in ships, they that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and His wonders in the deep. For He commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heavens, they go down again into the depths, and their soul is melted because of trouble. Anyone relating today, you have those great highs and those terrible, terrible lows. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man, and are at are at their wits' end. <laughs> Someone said, "I'm I'm at my wits' end," and I I I, I want to say I'm I don't. I, I'll say it about myself. It doesn't take me long to get there. Amen. Then they cry unto the Lord. Then they cry when they can't handle it. When they just can't work it out. When they can't figure it out. They're at wits' end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, (laughs) and he bringeth them out of their distresses. What a good God. He says, you know, sometimes it takes these storms to get my people or any person to recognize just how much they need me and to look to me with all of their heart. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm. Remember, he can speak to the outward circumstance or he can speak to you and I in our heart and speak to the tumult that the storm has created within. He maketh the storm, verse 29, a calm so that the waves thereof are still. Then they are glad because they be quiet. So he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Now that needs a little bit of interpretation. Some translation would say they're glad because the sea is quiet. But there's a dual meaning here. And in the King James in particular, it says, Then they're glad because they be quiet. Well, they're quiet because the storm is quiet. Well, the good news is, if the storm doesn't cease, God can speak, Peace be still, to your heart. And if you will commit your way unto the Lord and trust also in Him, the Scripture said He will bring it to pass. What is your way? It's everything. Everything in your life. Every part of it. Every little bit of it. You do not grasp anything, but you hold everything surrendered before the Lord. And I'm going to tell you, God isn't going to hurt you. God isn't going to submit you to something that you can't bear. God is not going. He will not allow because he's in charge. Hallelujah. He will not allow you to be tempted above that, that you were able. And he will always make the way of escape that you might be able to bear it. Praise God. And where's He going to bring you? He's going to bring you to your desired haven, to that place that we all search for when the storms of life come, that harbor where we are safe, where we can lay our head down and rest easy, that God is in charge and God is in control and our faith in Him doesn't waver because we know that all things, it didn't just say all things work together for good. It's something you have to absolutely have a revelation of and a personal realization of. But when you do, praise God, that knowledge that God is in control and that everything from that point forward is working together for your His the predestined purpose of every child of God. For whom he did foreknow, he did predestine to be conformed to the image of his Son. So let this mind be in you, which was also in Jesus Christ. And humility is the the centerpiece. You have to be humble to be obedient to the death of the cross and believe that in the end it will work out for your good and God's glory. And so many souls have been brought into the kingdom. You and I, our salvation, because our Savior humbled himself. Not my will, but thine be done. Praise God. Friend, I hope this has helped you today. I hope you know just how much that God loves you. And I hope that you will trust him. In the midst of not just this storm that we are in, but in all the storms that may come in your life. The longer you live, the more storm-tossed you will be. You cannot live in a faulty body, in a fallen world, with a formidable foe like the enemy who set himself for your destruction. Make no mistake about it. You can't live under these conditions. And you certainly can't live in the conditions that would mark the last day. You can't live without the storms coming. And the Bible said we know what's coming in the future as far as the storms of life, evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Distress of nations with perplexity Earthquakes in diverse places, the sea and waves roaring. So as we look, we also look for the soon coming of Jesus Christ. And we know up until the moment He comes that we are kept by the power of God until the day of redemption. So I want you to take courage today. I want you to give it all to God. Give everyone to God. Give yourself to God. Give everything to God. And watch God. In His great mercy, His great love, and His unstoppable power. Bring good out of everything that touches you and me. And bring glory to Himself. Oh, friend, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you have no hiding place. There's no one to call on in the storm, no one to cry into. Come to Christ, repent of your sin, receive Him as your Lord and Savior, and come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.